Viewers Like Us is hardly the first effort to call out public television on its record with people of color. In 2007, Latinx viewers organized to protest a Ken Burns documentary. Even when he interviews people of color for his films, he still controls the narrative, then pats himself on the back for including us at all. I'm Grace Lee, host of Viewers Like Us. We're investigating how this kind of pattern keeps happening even now. Join us wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Battle Tactics for Your Sexist Workplace. A podcast that knows, yes, your workplace is sexist, but we've got tactics to help change that. I'm Jeannie Andel. I'm Eula Scott Bino. Help us make this show happen, y'all. Become a patron at patreon.com slash btsw. Thank you. So this is a fun episode because... We are going to tell the story of how we met and how we started working together and how we became friends. It's really nice. It's really nice. And because we're best buds. Aww. (laughs) And what I love about it is it's like truly our origin story. Yes. And it wasn't that long ago, but it kind of feels like how they made Wolverine right after the X-Men movies came out. And it was like, we just saw the same actor. How is he supposed to be his past version of himself? Mm -hmm. But it had been enough years that the nostalgia was valuable. There you go. I like Mm -hmm. that a lot. I don't know if we could play our past selves. We might have aged too much in the last few years. But I'm just saying because pandemic. Pandemic. Yeah, but we also clean up nice. We do clean up nice. We just haven't cleaned up (laughs) pre-pandemic. Since February of 2020. Okay, fair enough. At all. At all. (laughs) For what? For what? <laughs> and we should say this episode was the idea of our wonderful senior producer, Kyle Norris. But now we're going to go back. So it was December 2017. Yes. Uh, I had just had Livy. Yes. And you, man, where was your kid at? Uh, my kid was in kindergarten. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. While I was at work at... KUOW Public Radio in Seattle, where I've worked for like the last 15 years. But it also feels important to say like Livy was like an infant, a newborn. He was extremely new. I remember meeting him that day and being stunned by his newness. A three month old. Oh, Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like I accidentally went back to work when the government would have forced me. Little did you know, when you walked into that recording booth at KUOW to be on the radio, you were signing up for a job. Yeah. Okay, so I knew Eula because I was a fangirl um, (laughs) of her podcast, Hella Black, Hella Seattle. Um, I had listened to several of the interviews that she had done because she led the interviews on that show. And there were always moments where like one of two things would happen. She would ask exactly the question that I wanted answered, um, which I always was like, that's the mark of a great interviewer is like, it's a thing I'm thinking. And then the person just asks the question, but then she did this other thing that like, I can only really think of one other person as an interviewer who has ever done this, which is she asked a question that was even like, that I had never thought of. But as soon as I heard it, I was like, yes, like, Hmm. yeah. So I was, um, 
I thought she was just really great. <laughs> and then um, I was filling in hosting the KUOW noon daily talk show, The Record, and um, Eula was going to be a guest. Uh, and I was super excited about that. Well, I should say I always knew who Jeannie was because I listened to KUOW very regular. That's what I should say. <gasps> That's the first time you told me. I mean, I knew you listened to KUOW, but I never, I literally never connected the dots until right now when you said it. Oh, yeah. No, that's why, like, me and Marvin, when we first met you, Marvin was just so excited. Oh, he my was just God. Like, you know, you listen to her on the radio? And I was like, I know. <laughs> and she came into the studio, yeah. and it was supposed to be a live interview. And I remember you came in, and you had those horn-rimmed glasses on. With the little, mm. and I was like, those are the best glasses I've ever seen. That's That was my first impression of you in person. I was like, those are the best glasses I have ever seen. Mm. <laughs> That's so nice. I can put them on now if you want me. Oh my God. I think I, but I think I lost, the, I, I lost the lens in them, if I'm being very honest with my life. I'm not going to judge you for not having <laughs> lenses in these amazing glasses. I have a lens in one and not in the other. God, look at mm. those. <laughs> oh, so great. <laughs> Your I'm gonna get them it's fixed. So hilarious. I have to just get them fixed. One of these. I need a new lens, though. I I know my eyes are changing. Yeah. Yep. It happens as we get older. Anyway, so um, Eula came into the studio. I was all sprung on the glasses she was wearing, and then we started doing the interview. And you know, as a live interview, you're supposed to be paying attention to the clock all the time and paying attention to how long people's answers are and everything else, so that you hit your mark and you don't go over. And I stopped paying attention to the clock. Like it ceased to be a job thing. And I was just like, and I just forgot. Like the, the producer had to be like, you have 30 seconds in my ear because I just spaced what I was supposed to be doing, which was interviewing her. I just want to talk to her. More, yeah. Not really. I just want to listen to you actually. <laughs> well, I, I would say that Jeannie and I melded really easily from the very beginning. I was really comfortable in the conversation you know what I mean? The thing about going on like a radio show in the afternoon, like a daytime radio show is they do the pre-interview always. And I always feel bad because I'm not a pre-interview to interview person. They're two different people. Like, I don't know what I said in the pre-interview, so I don't know what I'm going to say in the interview. You know what I mean? And so I remember thinking, uh, man, am I going to get this right? Am I going to be on with this? And I remember being really grateful for how much you steered me in the conversation, mm -hmm. but also like how much there were moments where I was like, I think I had the wrong answer and you didn't react that way. Your your reaction wasn't like, oh, uh, that's not what you said in the pre-interview. It was more like, oh, okay, I didn't expect you to say that. So what did you, like, what do you think? And, you know, and I'm rambling and developing my thoughts as we go. But I remember walking away from that feeling really good. And then after that, uh, Jeannie asked me to co-host Battle Tactics, pretty much. I pretty much chased her out of the studio <laughs> and was like, do you want to make this podcast with me right now? <laughs> yeah. And, I, and in my heart, I was like, yeah, right. Like, I promise you, every part of me was like, sure. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a mythical plot in my life where I just, like, go to one interview and then get a job that I've always dreamed of. Like, I went to school for radio broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to use this degree? Yeah, right. Like, yeah, no way. Ain't no way. And so I uh, I actually left town. Remember, I left town and my phone broke. Yes, I do remember and, this. And uh, we, we were gone for like two weeks and my phone was out. So I was using Marvin's phone. But there was still constant communication in a way that I was like, okay, I think people are serious about me. I think that they like me, which is very confusing. 100%. And I remember telling... Yeah, I remember talking to Caroline about the gig, Caroline, our former producer, and she um, 
when she was talking to me, she was kind of saying, well, what would you want from the job? And I remember thinking how weird that was. And I was very straightforward because I kept thinking, this isn't a real opportunity. This is one of those things where they're just talking to you for a second and it doesn't happen again. One time, one time I... (laughs) When Cube 93 was like looking for a like a host or whatever where you could like enter a competition, I totally entered the competition and I made it to like several through several rounds. You get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And so like I have tried this before in my own little magical mythical way and still didn't expect a thing. So like when this was happening, I just was like, no. And also to, to be able to talk about injustice. I just couldn't see that coming. Right. Like I couldn't see the opportunity coming to like really be myself on the job. I've been fired like I'm going to guess I've been fired 10 times. I'm going to say I've had 30 jobs. You know what I mean? So to be walking into one that like was a perfect fit just seemed absurd. But I'm also really indecined, right? Like the Scorpio in me really loves the balance of being with Jeannie, who's a Taurus. Like, I love that you're a Taurus, Jeannie, because we're supposed to be together. That's what they say. <laughs> they say that like, you know, I'm I'm born at the time of death when everything is coming to an end. And like November is just like the complete end of like fall to winter. And it's just cold and... But then you're born in spring, which is like all about birth when like literally we go from like icicles out there to just like flowers sprouting up. Right. And there's supposed to be beauty in both of them. And so I'm really grateful for that, for that. We have that balance. And then, you know, that story about the T-shirt is like the. Oh, my God. I think is like the my favorite chapter of our story, because I would I would say that, like, as we're starting to, you know, work together, I think the story looks like, okay these two women like each other and they're excited and they could start something really cool. But, you know, giddy, giddy, just giddy. Yeah. (laughs) And and maybe they need a few signs. Like, I was just really excited to hang out with you. <laughs> right. And because we're getting to work on a pilot and we're picking it. We don't even have a name for the show. So it's just a good time. And um, but then we had this beautiful sign sent to us where uh, right out right after I got the job, Marvin was like, you know, my husband, Marvin, was a designer. And so he was like, you got to get clothes for the job. And so, of course, you go to Goodwill and um, and because uh, because you're damn near poor, homeless, that kind of poor. And uh, as so we go to Goodwill, we get this beautiful shirt and it's this black shirt that Marvin loves as an artist that just has these different versions of the smiley face by Mon- like by Monet and Da Vinci and uh, Rawl or other artists whose names I don't know or even know their style <laughs> of because I'm not an artist myself. Um, but, you know, so Marvin gets me this shirt and he dresses me for work one day and I get to the job. And Jeannie's like, oh, I love your shirt. I had that shirt. And I'm like, you had this shirt. This is your shirt. Yes. Yeah. Because it <laughs> wasn't just that, that I moment? had the shirt. It was that I did like, you know, at one of my like clean outs. Um, I, it was here in Seattle and I donated it to Goodwill. Yeah. Yep. And here I am just rocking this shirt yep. from Goodwill. <laughs> but also like who finds anything at Goodwill a year later or ever later? I know. We knew it was your shirt so quickly. Remember, because you were like, my dad got me this yes. shirt and, you know, like, yes. oh, blah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and I just donated. And I was like, this is just this is the sign we needed. You know, this is the really clear sign we needed that this is like was already written. Yep. It yeah. really was. You know, I would say my favorite thing about connecting with Jeannie is that Jeannie really sees me. You know, I've had a lot of mm. uh, opportunities to meet a lot of people. You know, Seattle's a small, big city. And I feel like I know most of the players. And um, often it feels like. The expectation is that of uh, progressive taking, right? Like, we all know there are problems. We all know there are concerns. And we know that you have something to offer. So we'll take that and we'll listen a little. And then we'll move through it. And it could be over with for me. And it could, you know, start for you or whatever. I don't know. It's not, I'm not taking on your burden in our interactions, if that makes sense. 
And um, I get why people do that. I mean, I get the plus of the, I get the pluses of individuality, right? But I really struggle with that. I mean, I truly struggle with that, actually. I really like, like thinking collectively all the time. Like, for example, when I buy something and I don't like it and it doesn't fit or something like that, I don't return it. I just think, who can I give this to? Because I just, I already bought it <laughs> and somebody needs it that I know, you know, and I want to think, who can I pass mm-hmm. it on to and build with my collective with? With Jeannie, it's so interesting because in getting to know her, I think I was really open and honest because of our circumstances of the job, right? We're talking about sexism in the workplace and we're unpacking our own things, which has never happened to me. I've never been at work and somebody say, well, you know, why is this job hard for you? How does it make you feel? And also the irony of how much time we spend in the workplace. You know, it's it was a trip to think about all the uh, references that we could pull from our own experiences. And in doing so... I would tell Jeannie things and she would really hold me in them and then apply them. You know, I would say the challenges of being a new mom and then she would help me adjust to them and make my life easier. I would explain the challenges of being a black woman and she would, you know, give me guidance or say, or come back to me. Oh, my favorite, one of my favorite Jeannie things is when she comes back. I was, I've been thinking about what you said and then it con- I connected these dots and then I learned more about it. And now I think I know enough to like speak on it. And it's always like, oh, oh, I don't even know what I was saying, Jeannie. I mean, when I rant about my life, I just kind of think, you know, black woman, uh, it's like a, it's like just a, you know, a play that's going on off of Broadway that like no one's buying tickets to. <laughs> so the idea that you like come to the theater and you sit, I'm just like shocked. I'm just shocked. But then also, cause you don't just come and you, and you sit, you come and you sit and you and you bring flowers and you bring, you know, a gift card for wherever we're going after. So we don't even have to think about it, you know, and you come with a plan. And it makes me feel really seen. Mm-hmm. I love you, Eula. <laughs> I love you, too. I really do. And I felt the love so early. I started talking about the compound so early, remember? Yes. And you were and I you do. were like, oh, I'm in. And I was like, I don't think she means that when she says she's in. I don't, I mean, because I've also, I've already agreed that white folks are allowed on the compound, but I just didn't know any wanted to come. Because it sounds a little weird to be like, you know, do you want to come live with like brown people and just like live off the land and like get out of capitalism, you know? And when you said, yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the weirdest conversation. <laughs> People just get dismissive of me. They just get, like, confused at what, that I'm even thinking, you know? So that was really nice, too. And I know that you will come. That's what's fun, too, you know, <laughs> is if we start a compound, then we're going to do this. We're going to figure yeah. out a way where we get to do very little work, but we get to do lots of interviews. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I think I said that my skill was I can make spreadsheets and I can help plan. And that's still what I can do. Yes. And we still need a schedule. We still need a schedule. We need a rotating schedule for all things. You know, it's like a big camp. I'm into that. I can be the camp scheduler. I tried to keep plants alive. I thought I would be a pandemic garden person and I can't even do it when I'm home all the time. So I'm not going to be able to do that. But I can definitely, I can still schedule things. Mm. I am trying to think of an answer to this question of what my favorite thing is about the connection that you and I have. And I think, I think my favorite thing is that, um, it doesn't feel like it's just one connection. It feels like there's a whole constellation of connections. Mm. Um, and, uh, and here's what I mean by that. Like, um, 
I mean that it's the shirt. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> every time Stella and Livy actually like uh, talk to each other on FaceTime or like when they hung out together, when, when you two came over for brunch and the fact that Stella, like <laughs> after a couple of hours was like, I can't have this person continual, continually touch my stuff. And it was just like, okay, I know now what the dynamic between the two of them is going to be for the rest of their lives. Like that yeah. felt like another general yeah. is that Stella is just going to be like enough. Cause that's I know. Just is he two? Is, like, is he still two? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't stop but moving. That felt like another, like another like route that like, that brought the two of us together. Um, and so it just, I think about Catholicism too. I think about Catholicism too, just like, well, yeah, just because of how, you know, it's my mom being raised Catholic is one of those things that like, it just doesn't play. It doesn't, it doesn't come up enough, you know, in my life, Mm -hmm. but it also plays, it plays out really aggressive in my life. Like a lot of my thinking is based on like a lot of her thinking and a lot of her thinking is because there were nuns right behind her for 12 years, Yeah, you know? And so the the idea of like how much you hung out with nuns in your lifetime, you know? It really kind of yep. marries a lot of just my thinking and it feels really normal because of that. You know, I think I know people so often they see race before they see anything else, you know. And that's just so funny because we just have so much in common. It's not race, <laughs> you know. We have we have in common the way our parents think about, you know, yeah. good and bad. You know, we have yes. in common the way that we think about um, a good time as like, you know, we love listening to stuff. Yeah. And, yes. You know, it's hard to tell people that what do you want to do i like to listen to people i know i want to sit and be quiet and hear what somebody else has to say like seriously and also you know just the fact that we both had we're both like the the patient type to like be at a bad job long enough to know what the wrongs are you know and i know that i'm the type to get i mean i get fired and quit because that's just my way right but also like you see it you know and you're not you're not the type to just completely shy from it and, and shrink from it we deal with it differently, but we both really don't like injustice, right? And then we also both like movement. We really both like movement. You know, you being yep. a transplant is like really interesting, but also me still being here, despite the amount of moving I've done, is really a blessing that our paths were able to cross because, you know, who knew if I would be in Seattle? I mean, I was leaving Seattle the minute we got the, I got the job. What I am know. I talking about? You were on your way out the door. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, I would say our Harry Potter connection is valuable also. And I know that might not be that big of a deal, but like, I mean, I'm a black girl really into Harry Potter. You're (laughs) you're a a bit you're a bit senior than me really into Harry Potter. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm right at that cusp of like, are you still into this? And I'm like, I am. (laughs) And then just, you know, our 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 want for a good time and community building. I think we have the exact same like makeup of what we think is important. Really, truly. Yes. You you devour and and synthesize information like I mean, like nobody I I can't really think of many other people who do that the way you do. Like it's it's really Mm. astonishing. Um, And it was one of those things like this is another thing that I think our moms like our moms both like work their asses off like their whole lives were defined by work. But also our moms like I think we're both so extraordinarily humble that like they were not they were not necessarily interested in like, you know, treating us like special, special superstars, but you know, like, you know, and I can remember like telling your mom, like, I think it must've been at the launch party for the podcast. Like I can remember telling her, like, I was just kind of like, uh, so Eula's really smart and her brain like just 
sucks in information like nobody I've ever met before. And she's, and, you know, and I can remember your mom kind of being like, okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. Sure, but is her room like, clean? <laughs> I mean, man. But I want to say, so the other thing about, okay, here's the other thing that I love about the connect, my connection with you or like the connection that we have or like there are, there are things that I learn about that we talk about that you tell me about that like later it's like there there are gifts there that I didn't even realize. And the most recent example of this is astrology. After like the whole time we've known each other, I've been like astrology. And here we are. Here we are in 2021. And I have a birth chart and I am like totally get like and that's you like that's you. That's because I've been listening to you talk about astrology for two and a half years. And yeah, that's why we're besties, though, too. Because, I mean, I mean, honestly, when it comes to astrology, you can't talk about a Scorpio without talking about a Taurus. You can't do it. It's impossible. I mean, it really is. It's impossible. We're just the same kind of people, you know, a water sign and an earth sign. So different, but not. Mm. But they're like right across each other in the skies, which I would And they're the know. most connected of any sign. No signs are connected as much as Scorpios and, and Taurus. They're just the most similar across the board. They have very similar thinkings about loyalty. We're super loyal people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We have similar thinkings about, you know, about um, doing things right, too. You know, and not putting not really wanting to do a lot of work behind it, but making sure it looks well, good and it presents well. Yeah. 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 I mean, we want to do the work, but you know what I mean? We don't want to do the work. Like, we're not trying to, like, be scientists. We're trying to get back to lounging. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to get back to the good parts. We're trying to get, you're trying to get back to the snacks and I'm trying to get back to the bed. And the nice thing is like that we, because of that, we're, we're so curious, mm-hmm. you know, I would say that because of like the, like the death and the birth in us, we're just so like wrapped up in everything that comes in between. And that's why we're just so drawn to this storytelling thing, you know? And it's also, I think, you know, our curiosity about ourselves and how to survive this place, right? That's why we're here. That's why we're asking these questions. How do we live? You know, how, what is this water we're drinking? You know, like our, our, our like fantasy is that we're the one telling the doctor as we're dying that what we know what we have. <laughs> I know what this is and I'm going to die today. I already know. I know right. what it is. I, right. I watched it play out and I told four doctors and I was in charge of everything. None of them listened to me. I mean, I am a woman, but, um, but. But also we would be using our dying breaths to try and make the doctors laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Battle Tactics for Your Sexist Workplace is an independent podcast. Our senior producer is Kyle Norris, and our show is mixed by Bethany Denton. Our production partner is Studio 2B Seattle. This podcast was co-founded in partnership with KUOW Puget Sound Public Radio and the University of Washington. We were inspired by the book Feminist Fight Club by Jessica Bennett. Our music is by Cassia Gordon, and our brand design is by Tio. You can find Tio on Instagram at T-E-O dot underscore Dora, which is spelled D-O-R-A. And huge, massive, gigantic, big, big thanks, big, big, to Phyllis Fletcher, Bree Ripley, and Dana Bialik. Thank you all so much. You can get in touch with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at BTSW Podcast or by emailing btswpodcast at gmail.com. And if you love the show, help us make it. Patronize us. Become a patron at patreon.com slash btsw. 
long as you're at your computer or your phone, please take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And then tell a friend about our show. Word of mouth is actually the biggest way our audience grows, which is extremely cool. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys. Keep fighting the good fight. Bye, everyone. Bye. Talk to you soon. <laughs>